Some of you know that this week is CES and Brad. Yeah, CES. I know how much you love CES. I couldn't go either. Bummer. Uh, it's so much fun being a little sarcastic. People enjoy it, I guess. But we have a number of founders there showcasing their companies. And since we couldn't be there, and John Hill, who uh, is an amazing uh, Techstars person, is there, uh, we thought we'd run a little experiment and have him talk to some founders uh, basically backstage uh, at CES. So John Hill's going to take it away from here. The following discussion is an expression of personal opinion and does not represent the opinion of Techstars or any company we discuss. Our conversations for informational purposes only, including any mention of securities or funds. This is not legal business investment or tax advice and is not intended for use by any investor. Certain of Techstars funds own or may own in the future securities and some of the companies discussed in this podcast. Got it? So I'm John Hill. I am the VP of Network at Techstars, and I am bringing you a special version of the Give First podcast. I'd like to thank David Cohen and Brad Feld for letting me hijack this for a little bit. We are doing a podcast live from CES, and uh, if I can live up to their incredible standards, I win. So I am uh, joined here uh, by Michael Blue, uh, who is the CEO of a company called Event Hub. And we're at the uh, CES, Consumer Electronic Show, uh, one of the largest conferences in the world, uh, hanging out in Las Vegas. Um, it's the kind of place that uh, what happens in Vegas stays on YouTube. Um, very interesting uh, event and uh, area to be in right now. Um, we're going to be doing some talks with Techstars friends and founders, uh, talking about their journey what 2020 looks like, what CES looks like uh, over the course of three podcasts today. So should be a fun day and looking forward to doing this. Um, let me start by saying thank you for being here, Michael, and um, tell us a little bit about uh, Event Hub. Thanks for having me. Uh, so Event Hub, we are a Techstars company. We graduated from Techstars Anywhere uh, 2019 last year, and we are the first event management platform with a sponsorship marketplace. So what that means is our world is the, the B2B partnership world of large live events and all of their exhibitors, vendors, and sponsors that make up all of the business partners that face the attendees at an event. So we work with folks like the Los Angeles Marathon, we work with wine festivals, fairs, uh, we work with expos and some B2B folks as well. And the magic of our platform is it's an easy way for organizers to streamline all of their applications, payments, paperwork, and logistics. And at the same time, we have a marketplace that's essentially Airbnb for booth and sponsorship opportunities at live events nationwide. And we have 14,000 different brand and agency partners, many of the folks that are actually here at CES, that farm our marketplace for new partnerships with events. Yeah, so this event is like home for you right now. Yeah, exactly. I see a lot of friendly faces. Yeah. So um, talk a little bit about your experience with Techstars and Techstars Any Anywhere, because it's a unique program within the Techstars network, and uh, what that was like to work with a virtual accelerator program. It is. It's led by a guy named Ryan Cooter, who is awesome. Love and Ryan. It's, it's the mostly virtual Techstars accelerator, and I believe it's the only 100% wholly owned or, or in-house run Techstars program, which is really great because you get unparalleled access to the the minds behind you know what is Techstars and what makes up the entire fantastic network. So our experience as founders was just phenomenal. 
we did the Tech Search Anywhere program, which is the mostly virtual program. Um, I'm myself am based in Los Angeles. My co-founder is based in Seattle. And our cohort was a mix of awesome companies all around the country. So the, the biggest things that we took away from it were storytelling. Uh, so really understanding how to tell the story of your company, the story of your brand, and uh, making it exciting in a way that's compelling for other folks to get behind you and rally to the cause. That was the biggest takeaway we did. And on top of it, it's essentially a master class in how to start and scale a company. Um, how to hire the right employees, how to do branding, how to do finance, how to look at operations, how to fundraise is a huge piece of it. Uh, David Brown, I think, will be speaking to that later today at CES, too. So those are some of our biggest takeaways. Yeah, so um, I absolutely love Ryan. It's uh, cool that you had that experience with him. Um, let's start with the beginning of founding a company. And, uh, you know, obviously we're not going to spend two hours trying to get to where you are now. But on an abbreviated version, what was your founder journey like? So I was born in Abington, Pennsylvania <laughs> at approximately six. No. <laughs> Stealing a note from Ellen DeGeneres' uh, Golden Globe speech the other night. Um, we, my co-founder and I were both in the live event industry for a long time. Uh, we were managing brand sponsorships. So what that means is we were the people in the field going around the country managing booths and sponsorship activations for major brands, for startup brands at all different types of events, right? Your expos, your marathons, your parades, your bowl games. Um, and we realized two things. One is that events are generally terrible at managing their B2B partners. Um, they're very inefficient about it. They're always playing catch up and firefighting. So it's really tough to get timely information and important information for as a sponsor or brand to have all the information you need to exec execute smoothly and cleanly. The other thing we realized was it was really, really difficult to find new event opportunities and actually vet them and compare one event to another apples to apples. Um, because traditionally each event has their own demographics and a giant sponsorship kit you have to sift through of attendee demographics, of uh, pricing, attendance numbers, and then hours of operation. And you have to balance all that against each other, sifting through 30 megabyte PDFs. So we decided that there was a really great opportunity in the market for both a platform to help streamline that relationship, all the logistics, all the paperwork, all the communication that goes on between an event and sometimes hundreds or thousands of, of B2B partners. Um, and then also make it easier to find a better way to match the right sponsorships and the right brand partners with the right event opportunities. So how did you get on the Techstars radar screen? Sure. Um, we submitted, I, I believe we actually submitted cold through uh, a website. And, um, you know, from the beginning, I think we resonated with Ryan. He, uh, one of his, he, he's a big uh, Georgetown guy, and one of his Georgetown alumni ran an event marketing company who was actually a customer. And it was one of those things where it just made a ton of sense. Um, he got the idea right away and got the bigger possibilities, and, and we're really blessed that he believed in us and, and, and brought us on board. Yeah, cool, cool. So one of the things that I love about Techstars, one of the reasons that I'm working here, and I've been here for five and a half years now, is the principle of give first. And uh, ironically, the name of, or I guess not ironically, but coincidentally, the name of this podcast. And uh, when I think about a founder experience within Techstars, that idea and concept of give first is what sets us apart from, say, a lot of other players in the marketplace because we create some emotion around what historically is a transactional experience. And uh, I would love to hear kind of in your words how you felt Give First through TechStars and what that means to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the 
mentor, so, and I should have mentioned this before, because in addition to the storytelling, one of the best things we got out of the program was the mentorship. Um, Ryan brought in, and Kendra and Dixon as well, who's fantastic in helping them run the program. Um, a fantastic group of mentors that guided us every step of the way, and those mentors were on demand, available, whenever you had a problem in the middle of the night, um, you had weekly meetings with them, and what I mean by mentorship, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to dive into this, but Techstars surrounds you with experts in the field who have either founded and exited successful companies, they're exe high-level executives at Fortune 500 companies, um, and they're specialists in finance and marketing and branding, all that different stuff. And you get a group of mentors with you throughout the program that are at your back and call for free to really coach you through any challenge you can face when you're trying to figure out how to crack the nut with your company. So let's switch to CS for a little bit. Um, obviously, with your experience and what you do as a company, you probably have some recommendations for people on how to navigate experiences like this. And CS can be overwhelming. It's just a sea of humanity. And uh, so you could probably get lost very quickly and not accomplish what you want. What are some of your recommendations for creating a productive event experience at an environment like CES? Absolutely. It's very, very easy to get lost in the crowd and just end up wandering blindly like a deer caught in headlights for three days. That is the conference. Um, <clears throat> so some of my recommendations, I guess my top five, if you will, would be do your pre-show work, have clear, attainable goals and realistic goals and objectives for the show, and do a ton of research ahead. Set as many meetings as you can and get commitments from the people you want to meet here ahead of time to get on the radar to meet with them during the show. So do your pre-show planning. The second thing would be if you have a booth, don't hide in it. Be very proactive about engaging anyone that you want to talk to as they walk by. Don't for wait, wait people to come into the because there's also so many booths at most of these types of shows, whether it's CES, whether it's a tech day or any kind of other show, that you need to be really engaging. Uh, and if you do have a booth, don't feel like you have to be chained to it the entire time. Have enough coverage at your booth that you can walk around, hit the good sessions to get value, and also get the networking opportunities at, at those sessions. Uh, my third tip would be, oh, by the way, I have, I have what I call pro tips. And my pro tip would be never have a chair in your booth. As soon as you have a chair in your booth, you sit down, you're hiding from people, you're not engaging people. If you don't have a chair, it forces you to stand up, and people will approach you more and make more eye contact. Yeah, if you don't have a chair, you sleep better at night. So Yeah, you also sleep better at night. <laughs> yeah, but I do recommend uh, finding a good masseuse <laughs> or one of the massage booths that often, the massage chair booths that often frequent these shows. Uh, three is get, get contact info. So I have a couple pro tips with this. Um, bring a Sharpie, a fine point Sharpie, because glossy business cards that you'll be given half the time are not going to allow you to write things on it. And why that's important is you want to not just take business cards, but write a note as to why you talk to them and what your follow-up is. Yeah. Because after you get 50 business cards a day for three days, you're not going to remember a single conversation you've had, maybe one or two. Yeah. And then you want to be able to retain that and actually get the ROI from meeting people at the show. And if you don't write down notes for every person you talk to, you're lost. And by the way, there's great tech solutions for this too. One of the things I do is I keep a Trello board up and then I'll actually take a picture of the business card and put a note and even put a reminder for myself if it's an action point I really want to make sure to follow up. Yeah. So those are some of my pro tips. What, what is your follow-up usually on that? And I know we're kind of jumping in between your, no, that's your five points, but I'm curious. Like, it, it depends who I talk to. If I talk with a potential investor, I'll, I'll follow up with a, a thank you email uh, the day after the show or if it ends on a, a weekend, the Monday or Tuesday morning after a show. Um, and it's to get a meeting, get back on the phone, because again, they're having everyone you meet, they may be the most important you, person you talk to at the show, you're one of hundreds of people that they talk yep. to. So immediate recognition about who you were and recall within a couple of days so they don't forget, and then getting them back on a live conversation 
to really take the conversation forward. Because if you just leave it to email, they're going to get 100 emails, and you're just going to get buried in the it's in a cool the tip. There. Two, two more quick points are if you do have a booth, make sure that your messaging and your booth and signage is on par and up to the grade of the other folks or a little better than the other folks at the show. CES, I think people spend millions of dollars on these booths, so you better have a, a decent wallet if you're going to do it. Uh, thing here and then again the post-show follow-ups is my which is perfect we got to it anyway but the post-show follow-ups you can't wait more than a couple days because people forget who you are and after two weeks they're not even going to respond usually you're just going to go into their their junk email so so what are you excited about with ces what what will be helpful for event hub like what are the experiences you're trying to get out of this absolutely uh we're trying to meet some investors that are excited about live entertainment uh with all the the technologies out there and the internet age of it all. Uh, one of the things that we've also found from our experience in the industry is that you still can't replace live, in-person, people-to-people interactions. No. <laughs> so folks that are excited about live, live event entertainment, um, either whether they're running shows of their own, I know there's, there's folks from, a lot of those folks come here to look for sponsorships. Uh, so meeting some of those folks, uh, meeting investors, and then also talking to the brands that are here and finding out what are their interests, what are they looking for in good event opportunities so that we can share that with our customer base. Um, those are some of the things that we're, we're excited about. Yeah, you uh, hit on a point that's near and dear to my heart. Um, most effective method of communication is face-to-face, and you have to do that well in an environment like this because that's all you're doing is running into people. Yeah. And uh, majority of people utilize electronic means as their communication, which is actually the least effective. Yep. And uh, so, like, this is the type of experience that you have to dive directly into and push as many palms as possible and connect and talk to as many people as possible that could be helpful for your endeavors. And I'm sure you live that as you go through this. Absolutely. And the other thing is I would say never be afraid to talk to anyone at these events, right? So never rule yourself out and say, oh, they won't want to talk to me. The worst that can happen is they don't want to talk to you, right? Which, which is at least you know. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. It's a, exactly. Yeah, no harm, no foul type scenario. And the other thing is never rule someone out that you don't need to talk to them because you never know what opportunity they could present and what intro they can make. So we've hit a uh, new milestone as far as decades are concerned, uh, entering 2020. Um, looking through the lens of an event hub, what are your hopes and dreams going through 2020 and beyond? Let's start there, and then we'll circle back for, into For our company? For your company. Sure. Um, we saw a lot of growth in 2019. We rebranded during Techstars. Um, we, we doubled our customer base from about 60 organizations to 120 organizations, producing more than 500 annual festivals and large events. Um, our goal is to continue expanding that and getting our name out there and raising awareness for the product. <clears throat> We'd love to hit uh, 2,000 events by the end of the year. We'd love to, or, or more, you know, we'd love to really take this thing off and scale. We feel like 2019 was about figuring out our story and our branding and really what we're trying to communicate to the audience. And now 2020 is about getting the word out there. Yeah. And so if you look at kind of startup ecosystem in general, what are some of your thoughts on what 2020 looks like and, you know, maybe beyond? So one thing I've noticed, and, and maybe I'm biased because I did the Techstars Mostly Virtual Techstars Anywhere program, uh, which I highly recommend, by the way. Good when branding. Applications open. But the, you're no longer needing to be in one of the three main cities. In fact, 
you're almost at a disadvantage sometimes if you're based in one of those three cities looking to start a startup uh, because the venture capital money is looking for much more established multi-million dollar revenue companies that they're betting on. So I would say that you have the opportunity if you're in a satellite city or a smaller market, you have almost as much opportunity or even more sometimes than folks in major markets and that it's never been a better time to do that. You know, and they say this every year, but technology's never been cheaper to start a business idea. There's never been more tools readily available to help you start a business idea. So go to um, Ecosystem Support. Um, you're based out of LA. Yep. You have a founder in uh, Seattle. Um, what can cities do more effectively to support companies like yours? As far as a city standpoint, that's a good question for me. Uh, I would say that this... Well, I would say making resources more available for entrepreneurs. Um, giving, you know, some of the little things you don't think about are meeting space and office space, things like that that cities have a ton of extra of that are just sitting around being squandered. So I would say recognizing the resources, because it's hard to budget for these things as a municipality, but recognizing the resources that the cities already have and seeing how they can leverage those to foster entrepreneurship and new business activity within their communities would be a great thing. Yeah, the reason I bring that up and tying it to CES is we were just talking about uh, France having a contingent of startups here, Belgium having a contingent yep. of startups, there are a ton of cities throughout the U.S., and they're doing the support by bringing the companies here where they can be in the mix and they otherwise may not have been able to afford uh, being here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that probably resonates with you as an early stage company. If you had that kind of support, it'd be helpful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of companies that do that. I know Italy also has a really strong program for, for funding startups and funding startups that actually are trying to do U.S. business, which is very interesting, too. So go back to the beginning of you funding Event Hub, or, I yeah. mean, starting Event Hub to um, where you are today. What are some of the lessons you learned that, say, you could give to uh, other founders so that they don't have to learn those lessons? Sure. Uh, I would say, getting get, get real, so uh, starting a company is really, really tough. Um, and you can't be everyone's friend when you're founding a company. And I would say that a couple things that we found out, and we're still, still learning you know, the hard way, is uh, don't, don't hire too soon. And then also make sure that you have the uh, make sure that you have the you know the right nucleus around you. And I say that because we had uh, we in 2019 one of the biggest moves we made, which I didn't mention yet, is that we brought in a tech founder to our team. Um, my co-founder and I, coming from the brand side, weren't tech founders, which by the way. No longer is it required for you to be a tech founder and to get into an accelerator program. Right. So that's a fantastic opportunity that Techstars was able to recognize with us and, and believe in us for. But that being said, I wish we had brought on, we have a guy named Jerry Harrison who's awesome. And Shout uh, out to Jerry. Shout out to Jerry. And what's crazy about this story is we were going through a lot of pain last year. And we had a mini Techstars reunion in San Diego hosted by Ryan. And I was just being honest. Be, oh, so here's the other thing. Be open and honest with your peers because otherwise you won't get the help you need. Right. Um, the CTO of DNS, Filter, of DNS Filter was there, another really successful Techstars grad. He heard me, had Jerry, who had gone through an accelerator program of, or an incubator program of his before, and like within half hour I was introduced with Jerry and he became our guy. Uh, and it's just revolutionized what we've been able to do and really helped take us to a new level. So I would say um, make sure you have the right people on your team and be honest with yourself 
about your capabilities. And one thing, if, if you're not a tech founder, get someone who does have that capability to vet your product and to vet who you're hiring to make sure that they do have the skill set that you need. Uh, one of the things that I've learned from early stage founders is uh, those that figure out how to say no um, start to have better outcomes yeah. than those that don't. What, what's the last thing that you've said no to? I would say the last thing I said no to was, um, let's see, other, other than cheese on my pizza. That's a personal thing. <laughs> I didn't do the dairy. Uh, not by choice. <laughs> another, another podcast day. I would say the last thing I said no to was uh, taking a meeting here. So I had someone who reached out. They're based in L.A., and it was just, you know, why, why are we trying to kill ourselves to meet? We have to be protective of the time that you have and the opportunities you have. So if someone's trying to meet with you from your own city, wait till you're in your own city. And if you, if you haven't met with them yet, then why are you going to make special time at CES to meet with them is what I would say. So if you could go back 10 years and uh, talk to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself then? Well, take a coding class, but other than that... Um, <laughs> so it goes back to the technical side. I would say it honestly was a big hurdle to overcome, and, and I would say maybe take, take some coding and, and become learn what you need to know to start your business. No. Um, you know, I would say start sooner. Jump into your ideas sooner and, and really go for it, right? Don't be afraid. Don't feel like you can't do something because you're too young or not experienced enough or something. Go for it and also be diligent enough to... to know what you don't know so learn what you don't know and then figure out how to cover that ground cool so if you've listened to this podcast before or anybody who is listening to this now um, you know that uh, brad and david um, like to do some rapid fire questions at people Th and, those weren't uh, the rapid fire th questions? no this is like All the right. lightning round <laughs> and uh, so uh, let's start with an easy one what's one word that comes to mind on how you're feeling right now excited i like excited uh, so, um, what's your favorite thing about Las Vegas? Uh, ooh, that's a good one. I would say the, um, the energy. It's definitely energetic. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, and the energy of the possibilities and everyone's, you know, when you're on a table, it's like, oh, who's, who's excited to win? And it's the possibilities of that. You know, it's, I would say it's the, the energy of the unknown. Yeah. One of the cool things right now is you've got all of these incredible atoms walking around, and there are little collisions that are happening everywhere, and it's amazing to think of what can come out of that. Yep. So uh, think about a book that you've read that changed the way you think. Um, oof. So other than Do More Faster, I would say, <laughs> which is a fantastic startup book. Another good plug. <laughs> uh, one of the books that, you know what? Um, the Hard Thing About Hard Things is a, is a really good book that I've been working my way through. Um, so that one and then the Lean Startup really helped me to understand, okay, this is how you not just launch your idea and go blindly, but how you measure it and how you do things smartly and strategically um, in a way that's methodical and allows you to scale. Any New Year's resolutions? My New Year's resolution is to take better care of myself. Are you sticking to that? Uh, so far, I am, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of people, like, um, when you do startups, it's a grind. Maybe there's a little less. I know we're getting long here, but uh, 
it's really tough and you get worn down and it, and it's so important to invest in your own health and your own rest and well-being so that you can have a clear mind and make smart decisions and, and yeah the, the, the best place to do that is at a major conference in las yes, vegas definitely look to do that in vegas <laughs> when you're going out to 4 a.m <laughs> so um thank you michael i absolutely appreciate the time and the ability to have conversation um thanks to everybody who's listening uh, here. Um, be sure to check back. We're going to have more conversations like this at CS. Um, I appreciate Brad and David allowing me to hijack this time and the Give First podcast for a little bit. Um, and in that vein, uh, always give first. Um, thank you again, Michael Blue from Event Hub. Uh, enjoy your time at CS, bud. Thanks for having me. It was great to be a part of it.